Grace and peace to you, beloved. My name is Amy Wilson-Feltz. I'm the pastor of Morning Star. Welcome to worship on this first Sunday of the year. I'm delighted to be with you in a place where our mission is to point people to the grace of God that we find in Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. On this Epiphany Sunday, we continue with the Christmas story, with the journey of the Magi, as it is told in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. We will read that story as we go this morning, so if you want to locate it in your Bible or in your mobile app, you're welcome to do that. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, beginning with verses 1 and 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. With these two verses, the seed is planted that perhaps the expectations of the Christ child go beyond one tradition. These magi were a priestly people, likely from Parthia to the east of Rome, Rome's enemy. It is thought that their ancestors sought to be kings in their region, but failed to overthrow the government. They rose up instead as a tribe of priests, a lot like the Levites in the Israelite tradition. They were skilled in philosophy and medicine and natural science. So the term would later come to mean nothing more than sorcerer or magician. But at the time of these wise people, the magi were good, holy priests looking for the truth. And that search always took them to the sky. A moving star, or more likely a comet that seemed to be falling or rising, would have been a sign of God's breaking into the universe, doing something new, different, exciting, a game changer. The fact that the Magi seek out the king of the people of Israel, the king of another region and tradition, indicates that the birth of the child would have political ramifications. How curious. The Magi must have been to make the journey toward the star, even though the reason for the star and the effect of that star very well could bring troubling news. And so they ask, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Questions are a major part of my life right now. I have three kids. Jason and I are raising a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old, and their curiosity knows no bounds. Why, why, why? You know this, right, David? You know how this works. It seems like the question comes out, and then another one follows right after that, right? And Jason and I, we try to be patient. We try to answer with information that leads them to learn something, but sometimes we just ask, why not? Why not? Do you know researchers say that the average child asks 300 questions a day? Each child, 
That's 400,000 questions between the ages of two and five, which means we're working up to about a million questions in our household these days. So sometimes we just say, why not? It's an invitation for critical thinking. It's an, an, it's an invitation to explore more, to learn something, to continue to be curious. Because isn't it true that more often than not, the best questions lead to more questions? Take the Magi, for example, their question about this star rising in the sky and the new king lead them all the way to Jerusalem to the political and religious center of the Jewish world. Imagine this, the priests walk right up to the palace steps and ask the current king where to find the new one. That brings us to verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. Other translations say King Herod was disturbed and all of his people with him. Now, history tells us that King Herod started his reign as a benevolent king. He lifted tax burdens. He fed people who were hungry. But over time, he became power hungry and paranoid that someone was going to take his power from him to the point that he would kill anyone he perceived as a threat. This included his wife, her mother, and three of his own sons. So it's possible that the people were frightened because they knew just how angry and irrational this king could be. Let's keep reading, picking up in verse 4. Calling together all of the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. So Herod goes to the greatest scholars and thinkers of his time, echoing that question of the Magi. But this question was different. Unlike the people from the East, Herod does not have curiosity bubbling within him. He's not about to make a curious journey. His questions are an attempt to keep things exactly the way they are for his own preservation and his own comfort. Where was this king born, Herod demands of his assembly. And that brings us to verses 5 through 8. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I also may pay him homage. This is where the questions stop, at least for Herod. We know that his claim to want to worship the child is a ruse. We know that because later in Matthew 2, Herod orders the execution of all boys under the age of two in the vicinity of Bethlehem. Jesus was likely a toddler, the age of my youngest child at this time. Herod certainly is a villain here, committing an unthinkable atrocity. But the truth is, we all have a Herodian sense of righteousness and justice at times, tending to want to preserve and protect ourselves. I can think of many times in my own life when I've acted on a tendency to retreat into my own understanding to protect myself and what I think I deserve. 
some of us find ourselves doing just that right now in this prolonged season of pandemic in our world, especially when many find themselves hungry, jobless, on the verge of eviction in our country. These days, curiosity can seem like a luxury for us. The journey of life feels more like a race against the clock of our basic human needs and obligations. We struggle to find the energy to dream of a better way, a different way, because the ways that we have known are the ways that have kept us alive so far. So it would just make sense to continue to do those things over and over again. It's an understandable response, but the Magi, the wise priests, they show us a different way. And that brings us to verses 9 and 10. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. They were overwhelmed with joy. What we're seeing here is the Magi's understanding of the work of the light and the darkness. They were watching the sky. They were watching the stars, trusting that something beyond themselves was at work living in to the mystery, to the expansiveness, finding joy in the wonder and the expectation, finding joy in their curious journey. These wise people trusted the capacity of their own tradition to lead to a surprising revelation. Out of death, life can spring forth, and their life of waiting, of expectation, of searching, prepared them what to do when they encounter God in a new way. That's what we see in the last two verses of this passage, picking up with verse 11. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Their gifts to Jesus prove that the Magi were prepared to meet the Christ child. But let's not gloss over the fact that they were willing to take a curious journey to get there. Are we? The young children in our lives are, for sure. They live life in question form. Those questions are born out of a curiosity that beckons them to take a journey to discover something that they can learn something that they can see and use in a new way. It is not out of question for us to live this way as well, especially when it comes to our faith. Sometimes what we need is a little guidance, a little something to follow. It just so happens that I have the thing. It's a spiritual exercise called star words, not star wars, but star words. I know, you were getting excited there for a minute. (laughs) The practice of star words comes with an invitation to take a journey with a particular word through a new year, seeking what God could be saying to us and teaching us about ourselves and our lives through that word. Last week, Kathy so beautifully concluded our calendar year with a reminder about the mission and vision of Morningstar and how they are to guide everything that we do here as a community of faith. I hope you know this by now, but the mission of Morningstar is to point people to the grace of God that we find in Jesus. And again, I didn't make this up. 
This was your mission when I arrived. It was cultivated by your church leaders out of an understanding of who you are as the people of God in this time and this place. Well, our mission is to point to the grace of God, and we go about that mission in three main ways. Inspirational worship, radical inclusion, and the alleviation of suffering. Again, I hope these concepts are familiar to you now. I've spoken about them several times, and Kathy beautifully defined them last week. So our mission is to point people to the grace of God that we find in Jesus through inspirational worship, radical inclusion, and the alleviation of suffering. Now I hope and I pray that you aren't just familiar with these words, but that you have begun to internalize them, that you know them by heart. Because the great thing about a life of faith is that it is not confined to this space. It's not confined to Sunday morning, and it's not even confined to things that we do particularly related to Morningstar. This mission and this vision, they are designed to guide our daily lives in whatever context and setting we find ourselves So for this reason, we are going to connect this growing tradition of star words with our mission and our vision. Now, everyone in the sanctuary is invited to take a star home with you today. I'll explain a little bit more about that as we go. If you are worshiping with us online or if you are listening to the sermon by phone, we would love to make sure you get one of these stars as well. So just let us know. Drop a note in the comments or arrange a time to come pick one up. In the office, we can mail it to you. We want everyone to be able to participate in this spiritual exercise. I wrote the words on these stars myself. And as I did, I prayed over them and for you. Because I believe that transformation of the world is possible, and I believe that it begins with a transformation of our own selves. So as we begin this new year, I encourage you to focus on our mission and our vision using one of these words as a daily reminder. We have five options. The first four are connected directly to the statements that are central to our life together. Grace. This star word represents our mission itself. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It is our mission to point to that grace in everything that we do. Gratitude. This star word connects to our commitment to inspirational worship. Our worship of God begins with a posture of thankfulness for everything that God has done and everything that God provides. Humility. This word coordinates with our understanding of radical inclusion. Humility is a modest view of oneself. To truly welcome others and to see them as equal to ourselves, we must begin with the humility needed to accept that we ourselves are in need of God's grace as much as anyone else. Healing. This fourth word fits with our calling to alleviate suffering. Healing is a process. The process of becoming whole. The alleviation of suffering is a big task. It's not one that we can accomplish on our own. It begins with an awareness of our own need for healing and a recognition of the need around us, the need of others to be healed as well. So these are the first four star word options for you. Grace, 
gratitude, humility, and healing. I mentioned a fifth. This one would be up to you. Perhaps in your own experiences of silence and solitude or your own interactions in the world lately, a word has been coming to your mind. Perhaps you've been thinking about a spiritual practice or a virtue that you would like to cultivate in the new year. Perhaps a word will surface for you today or later this week after our time together this morning. It's great. Just take one of these blank stars and write it down. That will serve as your star word for the year. Again, these words are not magic. They're not some silly gimmick. They serve as a practice in our daily faith to remind us, to guide us on our spiritual journey of curiosity and self-discovery, just as the star in the sky guided the Magi to Jesus. The idea is to keep the star in front of you. I hope that means putting it in your Bible. I hope you would see it there on a regular basis if that's what you did. You could also put it on the mirror in your bathroom, or I like to tuck things in the corners of the cabinets in my kitchen so I can see it when I'm cooking or washing dishes. You can put it in the console of your car. Put it somewhere that you will see it, maybe in your calendar if you still use a paper calendar. At the beginning of the day, you can ask God to open your eyes to experiences that would relate to the word in the days and the hours ahead. Or at the end of the day, you could ask God to help you piece it all together, to, to reveal something that happened earlier in the day that fits with your star word and your journey of growth. This star word practice has the potential to help us increase our mindfulness in our daily living, which will encourage us and sustain us to face the questions that we will encounter in our daily lives. So my prayer for all of us in these early days of 2022 is that we would take a cue from the Magi and remain curious on our journey to draw closer to the divine, even as God guides our every step, especially in the most challenging of days. Because the reality is, beloved, we are the rising stars. We are the rising stars as we continue to cultivate our faith with thousands of questions, not just of why, but also of why not. It is in the falling and the rising of our daily living that we find our greatest opportunities to shine. And as we make ourselves available to grow in gratitude, humility, and healing, we will point people to the grace of God. And we just might encourage curiosity on their part as well. Amen. Amen. We have come to the time in our service where we go to God in prayer. We acknowledge that we have so many things on our hearts and on our minds right now. We're mindful of things that are going on in the world. Certainly we pray for those in Colorado who are dealing with loss and grief because of the wildfires, the loss of life, loss of home. We're mindful of the Omicron variant as well and the challenges that that's posing in our country and in our community. We trust that God is with us in these challenges, and we are still called to be God's light in the world. We also have things going on in our community, so I want to make sure that you are connected to our prayer email. If you're not getting that, please let us know so that we can add you to the list so that you can be praying with and for members of our community who need it. Let's take a deep breath.
And let us pray. Gracious and loving God, Lord of bright and abiding light, you have shown us in the person of Jesus a new way to live. You have poured your light into the world and have asked us to live in the light rather than to run and hide in the darkness of despair. You promise to be our light all of our days and ask us to place our trust in you. The journey in the light feels risky. It means we need to be very serious about our service to you, giving you our best and offering hope and light to others. In this new year, we bring to you names and situations of others for whom the light seems to be a stranger. We recognize those who struggle with poor health, economic hardship, broken and damaged relationships, loss of loved ones, anxiety. We place them in your care. We place ourselves in your care. Let your light shine on all of us, bringing healing and hope, and help us to be bearers of that light in all that we do. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.